Hello and welcome to the Hit Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I am your host, Dave. Welcome to episode 33. 33, alright. What have you been listening to, Matt? What have I been listening to? So, one of my new favorite bands, the Callous Dowboys, put out a new track called Waco Jesus. Oh, that's gotta and be it good. Is, it's real good. Just, you know, chaotic and hectic and loud and all the good stuff. As they always are. Exactly. And then my shuffle took me back a little bit to a, a, a good old pop punk track called Twos and Threes from Newfound Glory. Oh, wow. That's going way back. Off of Nothing Gold Can Stay. So what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been in a weird old school, like 90s, early 2000s hip hop phase currently. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So two songs that I picked out uh, that I've been listening to a lot. First is uh, Common and Kanye West doing the food live on Chappelle's show, (laughs) which is actually on Common's album. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) which that brought back some memories from watching Chappelle's show back in the day, which they have really good music on that show. They did. Uh, and then also... The song Moment of Truth by Gangstar, which is actually from the Dave Mira Pro BMX 2 soundtrack. That's a good song and a good game. Yeah, I feel like uh, the soundtrack doesn't get talked about really, but it's really, really solid. Almost no, it definitely, Tony got, Hawk uh, quality. Yeah, definitely got overshadowed by Tony Hawk. And this is it, uh, but it has it's a great game and the soundtrack was just as good. Absolutely. Nobody's invincible, no plan is foolproof. We all must meet our moment of truth. The same shiesty cats that you hang with and do your thing with could set you up and wet you up. Nigga, peep the language, it's universal. You play with fire, it may hurt you or burn you. Lessons are blessings you should learn through. Let's face facts. Although MCs lace tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes there ain't no dirt to trace back. That goes for all of us. There ain't nobody. All right, now if you want to listen to these songs and everything else we talk about today, you can find them on the Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist, and you can find that link on our website, hitshufflepodcast.com. We will be right back, and Matt will roll for his song. Yep. And we are back. Matt, you are first this week, so go ahead and roll and see what you get. All right. That's a five. Five. Nice nice small roll. You normally get... Yeah, I'm normally like 18. Okay, we got Macaulay McCulkin from The Fall of Troy. Well, all 
Alright, so that was Macaulay McCulkin from The Fall of Troy off the Doppelganger album. Hell of a song. Phew. Just over eight minutes. It's a hell of a songs. <laughs> kind of feels like several. It definitely is. Uh, now, The Fall of Troy, for those who don't know, they've been around for quite some time. They formed... I've, I, it was kind of hard to find exactly when they formed, because it's kind of 2002, 2003. Uh, yeah, because they... Technically, were a band and lost a member and then Renamed changed their themselves. name. Yeah. And then kind of went with a different sound. So, 2002, 2003-ish. Ish, yeah. And that is, uh, and that is Thomas Eric Eric E-R-A-K, with guitars, vocals, and some keys work. Andrew Forsman's on drums and percussion. And Tim Ward is bass and the dirty vocals. At least now. And it's a, it does not sound like just three people. No, not at all. It's crazy. <laughs> Sounds like a four, probably five-piece band. They're very technical. Very, very technical. Yeah, they're kind of like they're kind of like math adjacent. Not entirely like a math rock band. They got a lot of heavier stuff, but they're very complex and changing time signatures and. Yeah, they definitely fall into the the math core, post hardcore realm of things. And we have another sunny day real estate influence listed. Oh, of course, of course. Th- this kind of music or this time, and especially being from the the Northwest, sunny yeah. day real estate got everybody. I did go Huge. back and listen to them again. That it was it was a good it was a good hang. I mean, the, yeah, it it holds up. There, like, there's a reason why it influenced basically every band that we yeah. <laughs> listen to most of our lives it was super good now this song was taken from the ghost ship demos ep and put onto this album for quote unknown reasons which i thought was interesting maybe they needed another song yeah it's because like the ghost ship demos which i there was conflicting stuff about this too because some things say that like it was a release and then some other stuff said somebody leaked it online and the band never actually released it anywhere. And so it was <laughs> released and or leaked as four tracks, but you could find a version with five tracks. Yeah, apparently two of them were combined, two songs were combined into a track somehow. And it's kind of weird because it was essentially like a concept project. Right. So then to just take the last song of a concept EP and then stick it on the end of your like unrelated full length is a little odd. Yeah. I mean, this it's it's a damn good song though. It's super interesting. It's crazy that uh, uh Follow Troy recorded their first self-titled album and then the Ghost Ship demos right after that and they were all like 17. Yeah, that's crazy to be writing this, you know, 8 minute songs with multiple movements and all of it being insanely complex and being 17 is just insane. Yeah, it's it, it, I don't understand. I was not writing this when I was 17. No. When I was 17 we were writing like power chord pop punk songs. God's um, 30 something and still writing power chord pop punk songs, but Yeah, but that that's by choice now. That's true. That's very true. I mean, this was recorded in early 2005 and released in August, and then they toured. They all they said was that they toured the album extensively through the beginning of 2006. I couldn't find much on who or what or where. Now I can't remember. That's about around the time I did see the Fall of Troy live at the 
the Grange, which is a very small venue. It was a crazy show. It was absolute because I was right near the front and it was uh, Thomas had the flu and he was so out of it that he played a song twice because he forgot he had just played it. Oh, I remember that story. I, I wasn't at that show, yeah. but I do remember it happening. Yeah, that would have been right around 2000, beginning of 2006. So it was probably before pretty, they tore this album. Yeah, because they played a lot of the songs off of here. And it was, like, aside from that, though, it, like, he didn't screw up. He was on point, yet he was feeling so bad he didn't remember playing a five-minute song. That's crazy. That's <laughs> yeah, that's impressive right there. Now, for those who are vaguely familiar or may have think that they know of the follow troy you probably know of them from the fcp remix track off this album which is yeah that was kind of like the only single i think they released pretty much at all and that got i mean that was in i think some video games and that kind of thing it got spread around it had mainstream mainstream success on mtv and i mean not, not just some video games it was on guitar hero 3 Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It was in Guitar Hero. Yeah, that's, that's that was big at the time. That's huge. I mean, the the bad part about all this with this band is that they're a really good band. They were very popular in the scene, but there is not a lot of information. No, because it was I don't know, like those early internet days, kind of like pre YouTube, and I don't know. For some reason, people just didn't like. Re- record a lot of information down so i have i have a little bit of a theory about why this is is because this was during the whole myspace phase and myspace was was big on the the status updates and stuff which are all completely gone which they are gone and kind of set the stage for what we have now but it was less of like i'm gonna write a blog and more i'm just gonna make a status about it yeah so it wasn't like something you could easily go like see through all of it exactly without scrolling through and clicking through a ton of things exactly i think that's why we keep getting the bands in this around this time and as these genres that are hard to find stuff because it was all status updates not posts or interviews or stuff in magazines and things i definitely remember going on myspace and listening to follow troy on there oh absolutely absolutely now, this album was recently listed by Brooklyn Vegan as one of the top 15 albums that defined the 2000s post-hardcore boom, which I would 100% agree with. I, I would agree with, too, yeah. I always, um, I loved this album. I mean, I definitely listened to it tons of times over and over. And I remember, you know, being online and, like, you know, the kind of like alternative music stuff, you know, message boards and like guitar and stuff. And Fall of Troy always came up. Oh, yeah. You know, because a lot of stuff back then, like that's how we got, you know, going to message board and people would recommend bands and then you'd check them out. And that's how you found, I found a ton of stuff that way. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a lot of posts of like, look at this random thing I downloaded on LimeWire. Go check this band out. I mean, there's so many like riffs and moments and like iconic things from this album and it's kind of a shame i feel like the fall of troy never really came that close to living up to this after that point i agree yeah i did find though looking through like interviews and and uh articles and stuff probably one of my favorite quotes about this album uh, was from metal injection and it's doppelganger is a dense and chaotic ride through 590 different songs in 44 minutes (laughs) <laughs> that sounds about right. 
Uh, it is just absolute craziness pretty much every single second. It really is. I mean, well, since there's not that much to talk about band-wise, we'll just jump right the fuck into it. I mean, this this song is is not your typical song. No, there's a lot to talk about song-wise. Yeah. It's, it's hard to even try to break down because there's about 45 sections and most of them aren't really easily identifiable. No, and it, you know, it's an 8-minute song and it's all over the place. But there are definitely some things that stand out. I mean, a it's not a you know first course song structure, obviously. No, I I pretty much just have it as like there's sections with vocals. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> verse verse ish sections. But I mean, right off the jump, it comes in with this like effects heavy strum guitars that are super hard panned left and right, and one's like playing lead lines, one's strumming and then playing a lead line. That that kind of continues throughout the whole thing with the, the hard panned yeah. guitars playing different things, which, I mean, it's one guitarist, so that's kind of crazy that he can still replicate that in like a live situation and it doesn't sound off. Because basically two, two parts, two entire parts. <laughs> now, he may use like a loop pedal or something sure like that. something going on. But then the vocals come in. And then there's even more chaos going on underneath these clean vocals with these lead lines and these big strummed guitar parts. Yeah, this is, uh, you get into what I consider to be kind of like a quintessential Fall of Troy thing. You get the lead line parts and then there's like bursts of strumming in between. Right. And then you get their, their back and forth screamed and clean vocals, which are good. They're very good. Yeah, the uh, the scream vocals are very intense. Very, almost painful. Yeah, it, it it sounds a little rough on on the throat listening to it, but you know. And then they keep going back and forth with these, you know, scream vocal, clean vocal, these lead line guitar parts with these strum guitar parts going on in between it, and then they jump into this like what I call it a guitar interlude when they do like the pinch harmonics and stuff. Yeah, I don't really know like what to label a lot of the sections. You've got like interludes and breakdowns and transitions and Because then that leads you into a new time signature and tempo again. And not for the last time. And not for the last time. And then it comes into the vocal part, the the mom and dad can't help you anymore vocal line kinda I said kinda solidifies a new section of the song. Yeah, the guitar shifts to being kind of centered around like a, a driving octave chord part right. that's kind of repeatedly strummed, and there's a bit less of the, you know, 17 lead lines flying off in both directions. Yeah, there's a million things happening, but it, I felt like that kind of signified like, hey, this is a new section of the song. It also has one of my favorite deliveries, the knock, 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 why the fuck are the doors locked? Locked. 
It's a very good vocal performance which ties into the story of the Ghost Ship EP that the song originally comes from. Right. Which I think we'll get into a little bit when we talk about the, the lyrics and stuff later. Yeah, there's there's some stuff to be said about these lyrics. But then they have like muted guitars that lead into what I call a like a desperate vocal delivery that kind of climbs into a super harsh vocal. Yeah, he's getting like the vocals are getting more and more kind of like out of control. Like the like the vocal, uh, the singer is kind of like breaking down. Yeah, almost. Yeah, and this is kind of where the song starts to to really go places. Yeah, they kind of get away from the vocals for a while and get into like I I call this like kind of a, a breakdown part. It's it's kind of feels like a breakdown, very heavy kind of like you get these like bursts of heaviness and then very long rests in between them yeah with those like high bass lines and stuff oh god yeah the the bass is we haven't really talked about that yet because there's not like a part so far that's been just bass but the bass is definitely like there and noticeable and contributing to all of the chaos of the song yeah but yeah, they do a whole lot of like really big hits, and then they have these like weird synth computer-like sounds going on, and just dissonant guitar parts. Yeah, just the, like the song kind of almost just completely breaks down into just chaotic noises yeah. and feedbacks and these super heavy. Just uh, the word dissonant is going to come up like eighty times, but yeah, the, it really gets into some just totally loses any kind of like melody or harmony that the song was having and gets into just absolute chaos and noise until <laughs> all of a sudden <laughs> they're like hey fuck it we're gonna start playing some jazz It's such a great moment because that's not at all where you think the song's going from this like heavy breakdowns and, you know, devolving into just noise and shrieks and then just smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. With a nice little ride cymbal keeping time. It's it's a solid little like jazzy uh, little breakdown moment there. It really is. Got a real groove to it. It does. But it also starts completely changing back into just madness yeah it starts to the parts kind of start to fade out a little bit and the, the tempo starts to slow down and the whole song starts to break down again kind of back into the chaos and noise that came before the jazz right because there's like <laughs> super heavily effects rated guitar parts and synths playing in the background and then it's some uh Good old guitar bird sounds going yeah, on in yes. there. <laughs> and then it kind of just fades out. Yeah, it breaks down completely into nothingness. I think there might be like a little bit of 
ambient noise going on. But then and then, it, oh, it shit. starts like an entirely new song. <laughs> it's like a third song yeah. inside of this song. I think it might have to be like four or five songs at this point. And it's, I mean, it's, you got a whole, like, all new guitar parts. Yeah, and, and they're, like, crunchy lead lines with these, like, super clean, harmonized vocals. As the song has done, it soon descends into some <laughs> heaviness and chaos yet yeah. again. With these, like, muted guitars and these really high-pitched leads. Oh, it, it, I mean, there's no way to really just simply describe in words like the absolute musical and audio insanity that's that goes on and parts of this song right i mean the only way to really break this song down is if we were to sit here and be like all right second one to second 26 is this 27 to 45 is this 46 to a it, minute 20 is this it, it's not something to easily kind of summarize but you know, we don't really get into super technical second-by-second second type of breakdown stuff. No, I'm not that smart. But, I mean, to do this, do that on this song would take hours. It would be the whole episode, <laughs> and probably boring as fuck. So, after we get our little mini-verse song and get into the kind of breakdown, and then the song starts actually breaking down yet again which continues for, I think, about two minutes or so to end the song. And even in that part, which is just essentially like a drawn-out outro, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a whole section where they, like, sample a guitar part from the beginning of the song and kind of mess with it and re-pitch it and reverse it. Yeah. There's that section that's only in the right side for, like, a little bit. Yeah, and then that kind of does that until the end of the song. It just breaks down more and more. Yeah, literally. And then, like at the very end of the song, it has that like weird, almost sampled feel to it, like you were saying. Or it's like, but then it like pitches down. Which I think I did do have to do quite a bit of digging to find exactly as far as like story wise and everything since it came off of Ghost Ship, which was all written together as a concept and essentially what i found is like the ghost ship ep it's a sailor who's on a ship and they're you know they're out sailing in the ocean and then they get attacked by the ghost ship of an old spanish ship and the ghosts are attacking them and like they can't hurt the ghosts and they're killing the people on the ship and the ghosts are led by like a black demon or something there's really not a ton of breakdowns about it uh but basically this song is the end of it where like the the crew of the boats getting slaughtered and the sailor whose perspective it is is like being driven mad by this demon oh so i didn't even know all that yeah so the the lyrics make a lot more sense uh after i reread them from that perspective um and it's really interesting how the song captures that musically is like this is essentially uh you know a guy being driven mad by a demon and he's like going back and remembering this like 
painful relationship with a woman and musically you get that like it keeps breaking down and then it just like comes back as a completely different idea almost which right. kind of seems like what would happen if you were losing your mind and being driven insane by an evil demon yeah it's literally like <laughs> mentally falling apart so that that's a i think that's almost like a genius of capturing that musically so like once you read that you're like oh wow i can totally see that like what they're doing throughout the structure of the song right yeah it makes a lot more sense and especially the lyrics because if you don't look at them in the context of a you know a demented demon dream they're really kind of aggressive and <laughs> yeah. uh-huh <laughs> just a little bit S- especially like the last third yeah, I mean, it starts off not, I guess, not incredibly bad. You know, it's he's kind of uh, watching her sleep every night and wanting her to watch him sleep. But, you know, creepy, but Go in, in right. the overall realm of, you know, musical lyrics and everything. And then he just kind of gets more insane and yeah. aggressive and violent from there. Like I said, that that talking about that section where he starts getting like desperate and it gets more and more desperate and like the whole part after the whole why the fuck are the doors locked section where it just goes into like this manic, just aggressive. I don't even know the word. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it's like. He's starting off with, like, maybe she forgot our talks or maybe I'm mistaken, but I swear to God she's not getting out of this with some kind of explanation. And then as the vocals are getting more, like, strained and and crazy sounding, he's getting into, like, oh, like, maybe I'm scaring you a little. And then it ends up with, I'll be waiting on the side of your house with an empty body bag and a loaded forty-five, and then you won't forget my fucking name. (laughs) Yeah. Which... (laughs) Between the way it's written and the delivery, like, holy shit. <laughs> it's powerful. It is very intense. It definitely paints a picture. And, which, like I said, it's, you know, reading that through the first time when I looked up the lyrics, not knowing the context of the stories, like, wow, okay, we've got, like, you know, normal for this kind of music, you know, you're writing a song about a failed relationship or something like that, but, like, wow, he's getting a little... A little, a little, much. A little out of control <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. But then when I found out it was like a guy's insane delusional vision that a demon was driving him insane, it made a little more sense. Yeah, the, the literal descent into madness kind of makes these lyrics a little bit easier to digest. Which, put all together, it's just like a absolutely brilliant storytelling yeah. from a musical standpoint to be capture that kind of feeling not only in the lyrics, but like the vocal delivery and what the music's doing throughout the whole song. It's it's a wild it's a wild ride. And I mean, this was like originally came from a demo that was either not released or not really released very much. You know, it, there's still very very little information about the Ghost Ship EP, even though they did come back later and re-record it and release it as. Phantom of the Horizon, I think. Phantom on the Horizon. Uh, yeah, Phantom on the Horizon. Yeah, which is like a re-recorded, and some of the songs are reworked. 
from the Ghost Ship EP, but it, it feels quite different than if you dig around like on YouTube and find the original right. recordings. Yeah. Like this level of songwriting on a demo that they didn't even really release. Like, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> when they were 19 years old. Yeah. Like, we're not even 19. I don't know. Some people have too much talent, man. We gotta share. So that was Macaulay McCulkin from The Fall of Troy off their Doppelganger album. We're going to take a short break here. We'll come back, and then it is Dave's turn. All right, we are back. Dave, it is your turn. Go ahead and roll, and let's see what you get. All right. Two. Two? <laughs> two. Well, damn. I, I got a two. You thought your roll was, was quick? Ooh, all right, here we go. We got Weary Saints by Dustin Kentrew. Oh, shit. Okay. From, from his solo work. Hell yeah. Years we fight the night. Flames. Some still dream of life since sun rise again. Okay, and again that was Weary Saints by Dustin Kendrew off his 2007 album Please Come Home. I've always actually really liked this album. I love this album. Uh, if you're not aware, uh, Dustin Kentrew is the lead singer and one of the guitarists of the band Thrice, which, if you didn't know, you wouldn't really guess from listening to his solo music. No, not at all. It's quite a bit different. Solo music is very, uh, like, acoustic singer-songwriter type of music. Very much. Very, very much. And very faith-inspired <laughs> Although, I mean, just Thrice kind of is if you read the lyrics, but this is, is very I mean, more yeah. so. Thrice is lyrically religious, but this is straight up like... Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I discovered during researching for this that Dustin actually was a pastor for a while, so, you know, totally on brand for that. Yeah, 2011, he became the deacon at Mars Hill Church. Which, I mean, that, that's got to be a cool experience. If he was leading your church service. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, this also, this album came out on Equal Vision Records. So we are officially having an Equal Vision Records episode. Uh, yeah, both songs from the same record label. I don't, have we had that maybe no. once? No, not no, yet. I can't remember. Yeah. So not that's, that I know of. That's quite a strange coincidence. That's pretty funny. And um, for it to be Equal Vision of all of them. Yeah, now, uh, Thrace was on Equal Vision at the time, right? Well, I mean, that would make sense <laughs> if you needed a label to sign with the no, label they your band's have, they on. have not been on. Oh, wow. They were on, like, Victory or something. Okay, well. But uh, Sounds of Animals Fighting were on 
Equal Vision. I mean, Equal Vision has had a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Solid, solid record label. This was also recorded by fellow Thrice member, whose name I'm going to fuck up completely. Uh, I believe it's Tepe. Tepe? Tepe. Tepe. I, I, Tepe looked, it, I looked up the uh, pronunciation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I cheated. Um, but, you know, I good. don't want to say somebody's name wrong if I can. Yes, recorded at his house, and Tepe also played uh, piano and organ. Yep. On the record, which is pretty cool, working on your solo record with your bro from your band. With your bro from your band, yeah. and a, a hell of a musician, too. Yeah, both of those guys are just, you know, Thrice has always been very, very well-crafted music, and to go and then make a completely different-sounding album that's still very, very good. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was cool that he uh, intended to donate 5% of the proceeds to, uh, to write Love on Her Arms. Yeah, I did not know that either until today, but um, that's a cool, cool thing. And uh, if you're not aware, To Write Love on Her Arms is a charity that's focused on uh, supporting people going through uh, mental health, uh, suicide, that type of thing. Depression, addiction, self-injury, all that kind of stuff. And they're apparently still going strong, which is great. Yeah, I mean, because they, uh, they kind of came up back in like the early MySpace days. Yeah. And uh, very focused towards, you know, the youth and alternative music and everything, which a lot of us were struggling with those problems. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they've always been, you know, a solid cause. I've never, to my knowledge, like seen anything bad about them, you know, like they were stealing money, or like a lot of these charities end up doing. So cool way to support them by... <laughs> Yeah, their 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 Wikipedia page doesn't have anything negative about you know shit that they got into, which is good. It's sad that it's surprising to find a charity that doesn't have any controversies or yeah. you know criminal activity or something. Which is awesome, especially for something like that for for younger people and helping with mental illness and all that kind of stuff. Man, having one of those shirts was like a status thing back in the day it was it was like i i helped which is cool because i mean went to a good cause it did also he toured with tom morello that's a weird tour did you see that no i didn't that's a really weird tour i guess when tom was doing more solo stuff yeah that's still that's that's some weird vibe clashing going on yeah you know, let's get some some laid back Christian singer songwriter, and then a really politically charged radical guy, because there's yeah. not going to be any conflict between those audiences. But then again, it might have been long enough ago that everybody, you know, could be civil. True, I know. I would imagine those those two fan bases, the ones that would follow the individual solo acts, probably would be fine. Like intermingling with each other dustin has gone on to release four more solo albums including a album of covers and a christmas album <laughs> well, i saw that that's awesome which contains eight christmas covers and two original christmas songs which uh i think we mentioned sometime a long time ago that not enough people write original christmas songs in <laughs> yeah, any style of music that has definitely come up before because i remember talking about my weird obsession with yeah christmas yeah. song covers death metal christmas songs. yeah 
Oh man, this is off track. Okay. Um, Never. Not us. Okay. Well, the song itself. Yeah. Not really complex, especially compared to having the fall of Troy in the first part. But <laughs> right. um, we are on polar opposites of the spectrum on this one. Would not. It would not really fit the music or the vibe of this though. If it was. Uh no no an acoustic math core gospel-y i mean i'd listen to that i mean i'd hell yeah listen to it but (laughs) now it's uh for the first part of the song intro first verse part it's just guitar and vocals yep real like super simple singer songwriter now one thing that is cool i was looking at the the chords and everything and there's a lot of unusual chords yeah, it doesn't sound like your typical basic chord progressions. It sounds like there's a lot of like, like almost all of the chords are uh, suspended fourth chords. Yeah, he does a lot of like little hammer-ons and pull-offs and stuff too. And that's like some sus two chords. There's an add eleven chord, so it like spices up instead of just being like a normal, like I think it's a chord progression. There's so many weird chords, it almost sounds like it's like a minor song, but it's actually not. <laughs> right, right. But I feel like that fits that fits this song really, it fits his voice really well. Yeah, and he has a very, very strong voice, and it's, you know, very good for this, which you can tell why he was doing church services, because he really has the natural voice for that. Oh, absolutely. And the song kind of opens up to the like the big double guitars the bass drums the whole the whole band comes in yeah and what i thought was surprising is the 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 tone of the bass has like a lot of really low end to it oh yeah it's really it's low. very deep, which is kind of surprising for this type of like acoustic music, but then it kind of sounds cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it definitely fits. Another little thing that's interesting is the chorus section uh lyrically is different every time. Yep. If you go by the music, there's like a defined verse and chorus section, but when you go through the only time the chorus kind of repeats is at the end of the song, there's a double chorus, and they're both mostly the same. Right, like but the they other, also like, have the, the the big change. We'll get to that at the end, the, the the sound change. Nice little way to spice up, you know, what otherwise musically and structurally is kind of a straightforward song, but then you've got the chorus being different every time, so you still get a little bit of that movement or variety or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, you need that in a song like this, or you're just going to be sitting there or probably skipping this song. Yeah, I mean, if it was just like, you know, straight chord progression, the same thing all the way through, it it, it would get a little repetitive. But a little stale. Yeah, that's, see, he knew that and he spiced it up. That's true. He thriced it up. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's terrible. That was horrible. And I'm leaving it in. I'm going to live with my shame. After that point, there's, it's you know, another verse, uh, another chorus. 
And then in the third verse, you get a part where about the second half of the third verse, the rest of the band drops out again. Right. You get another little section of just the vocals and the one guitar, and then everything comes back in for the big final double chorus finale. Yeah, it has this like nice little bass drum and bass guitar hits at the very end that bring it back into the full band. Under stars and waving palms Shed us in like snakes The time I see stars Yeah, I really like that little part because it's, you know, that I feel like that transition for the drums is much easier to do in like a more full-on song. You know, you just kind of do like a big fill or roll or something, but... That doesn't really fit here. You know, I had to no. come up with something else to lead into it. Yep. And then the bass part after that changes from what they were playing earlier into this, like, it walks up way higher in the last section, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I get that, uh, that classic uh, shifting the feel around for the final chorus yep. of the song, which there's got to be a name for that, but I don't, re- I don't know how to, like, figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I ain't smart enough for that. And they do the whole double, like you were talking, like we were talking about, they do the double ending chorus part, but it ends on a different vocal melody, slightly different vocal melody. I really like like the last hit of the song, how the music kind of stops and you just get like that hit and then he drags out that final line. Yeah. It's a very steady vocal line too. I don't know if you noticed that, like the way he kind of, it's definitely not faded like in the mix it's faded by him but it's steady i don't know how to explain it but yeah i think that's a little bit of that like uh church service kind of thing where it's got a real steady rhythm and flow and everything because if you're you know doing a long service you've got to keep it consistent like that and he has really good control over his voice he does yeah vocal control that's that's what i'm thinking of is he has really really good vocal control Get that and get, you know, a little bit of that leaning away from the microphone fade out type of thing. That's fun. That's fun to do. Especially when you pull it off. (laughs) Now, lyrically, I don't know. I mean, this is not particularly my strong area of, you know, reading into the symbolism and everything. But kind of seems to me like it's a, you know, there's some bad going on in the world and the good's got to, like, fight against it and not give in. Right, right. <laughs> I, I'm not really getting a whole lot on <laughs> like, And it's, it's a little bit of, like, a, a redemption-ish song. It's, like, redemption as far as, like, religious redemption songs go. I don't know. It's definitely a religious song. Yeah, now there are some, some really good moments. Like, I like this uh, one verse that, like... Uh, that wisdom lends us all a cool and steady hand. The steel pressed to my palm doesn't make me more a man. I thought yeah. that was some real, a really good little passage there. I mean, his lyrics are always really good. I mean, even the ending, the, and time will cease to stalk us and death will be undone and will shine with the light of a thousand blazing suns. And his delivery of that is is powerful. That uh, that really is getting some some strong imagery there. Yeah. And when you take it from like a gospel standpoint, that's some very strong religious imagery. 
So again, that's Weary Saints by Dustin Kentrew off the 2007 album Please Come Home. And we'll be right back to wrap this bad boy up. Okay, and again, my song was Macaulay McCalkin from The Fall of Troy off their Doppelganger album. And my song was Weary Saints by Dustin Kentrew off Please Come Home. Where can they find these songs at? They can find these songs on the Hit Shuffle podcast playlist on Spotify. And if you want to find us, you can find us on social media, Twitter slash X, whatever the hell it is now, uh. and Instagram at, at hit underscore shuffle. We also have a Facebook page. It's just the Hit Shuffle podcast. Oh, you can also find all those links on hitshufflepodcast.com. And if you would please be sure to leave us a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, we hate to ask, but it is the most important thing for getting the podcast out there and getting people to listen to it. So if you enjoy it, please leave a like or review or whatever your podcatcher uses. Yeah, and tell your friends. All right, now we will do our weekly listener roll where we roll a number and you shuffle that many songs into your playlist. See what you get. Let us know on social media or on the website. There is a form where you can just submit it directly. I'm going to roll this time. Let's see what we get. Wow, keeping it low. That's a four. All low rolls today. Wow. This might be the, the lowest combined roll ever. So yeah, let us know what you get. Tell us on our social medias and the website, and we'll uh, eventually start rolling those into segments on the podcast. I think that's all for today. I believe it is. So, for the Hit Shuffle Podcast, I've been your host, Matt. And I have been your host, Dave. And keep on shuffling. Do the damn thing. crazy is go ahead oh go ahead nope you go you go fucker uh, oh whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs>